Yes, I wanted to speak a little bit about Megillus Rus, and um, then maybe get into Shavuos a little bit. So, without going through the whole Megillah, I just want to. Um, Megillah starts off that Meishvei Tashoyftim. There was a Ra'av, Vayelachish Mi Beislechem Yehuda, Logar Vistei Moyev Huva Ishtoi Bon. So a person went. He left uh, left Eretz Yisrael to go to Moyev Shem Eishali Melech. Shame but if Mach will kill you and if Rosimi base Lechem and they went to Shtaimoyev by Yiyusham. So Rashi says Elimelech was a Parnas Hadoir. He was a Khashabiyid. And he went to Shtaimoyev because Ainov Tsora Bianiyam. Haboim Ladochka. Bianiyam were were shepherding him. And so he just left. So it's very hard to understand. I mean, we're talking about a parnas hador. This is in the door of the shayftim, Adam Godel, from Shevet Yehuda. You know, if you read in the newspapers, you know, uh, you know, Rav Steinman got up and he said, "I'm sick and tired of the mishalachim. They drive me crazy. I can't eat my supper. I can't talk to my wife. I can't talk." And they come every day, every night. The kupat ears drive me up the wall. What? Right. I'm leaving Flatbush and I'm going to Boca. Yeah, well, I'm going to Syria, right? So, you know, <laughs> so you would think, you know, it's a joke, it's a poor shtick, right? And, and here, so how do you understand how he does this? So, he he, ba- he ba- abandons Klal Yisro and he goes to stay Moyam and that's where he decides to stay. It's a very schwer zach. So we'll, we'll come back to that, if I remember. Um, Later on, so anyway, so the Megillah goes on that uh, so the, the he dies, his sons die. Nomi decides to go back there to Israel. Agav Urcha just uh, can't resist to stick in a Misa. Pasuk says over here that um, she tells them, "What are you coming with me for? Go back to your mother's house." Yas Hashem, Imochem Chesed, Hashem should give you Chesed, like you did with the Mesim and with me. Yitan Hashem Lechem Metzanim and Nucha Isha Beshisha. You should find a place where you can marry a man and come to rest with a happiness, etc. So there was a Misa that there was a Yid in Eretz Yisrael. His name was David Schmidl, I think. David Schmidl. He was in Askin and he found out that in Grodna, the Russians dug up a cemetery to build a highway or something. They put all the bones in a warehouse. And this was a Yiddish cemetery. I don't know if it was hidden from Amol or hidden from the Holocaust, but the bones were just, you know, disgraced and put in a warehouse. He got, a, he got in touch with the Russian authorities, and they were asking he could send somebody and they could get buried, the Kovetic. So he sends a, 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 a Yid to take care of it. The Yid comes to the place where the uh, where the remains were, were stored and he says I'm here to get so they tell him the person in charge is not here so uh, he says okay I'll wait they say you don't understand he's not going to be here for a few weeks he said that's okay I have enough food I'll, I'll, I'll wait I'll sit right here and wait so they realize this guy is not just a, so they make a few phone calls they say okay it, it's in the warehouse here's the keys you can take it but you need to get something to help you load it you need a wagon or something so he goes, he hires a guy, a guy comes with a wagon, he loads all the bones. Now, Stavit Shemidl told him, once you get the bones, they have to be buried before Shkia. And that's what he timed it. 
So this guy takes the guy, they go to the cemetery, and he tells him, by the way, we got to get this done before sundown. So the guy says, you got to be kidding me. You know how many bones you have over here? I, I can't do this myself. I can't even do it if I had a couple of people. He says, how many people do you need? He says, at least 50 people. If you want to dig a grave and get this done before sundown, we need 50 people working over here. So Ziyad turns away and he says, it's Phil Takodesh He says, Rebellion I came here. I went to the, to the office. I got, I got the bones. I hired a guy. And the bones are here in the cemetery. I'm trying to get this done. You've got to help me. As he's davening, someone taps him on the shoulder and says, um, do you know where the, uh, whatever, the Ibuprofina Reb is buried over here? We came to see his cavern. So he says, who is we? He says, well, I got 50 bucks in the bus. So he goes to the bus. He gets up. He says, Rabbi, I want to tell you something. I came from Eretz Yisrael because we have these remains of the Yidman Grudman. And um, I had to fight with the Russians. They finally let me get the bones. I came to the cemetery. I made a tefillah. The Bosham sent me what I need. And now you're here. You decide if you're going to help me or not. So they all took off their jackets, rolled up their sleeves by, by Shkia. He had the whole thing done. Okay, Gavaldi comes home. He says, I did everything. It all worked out. There's only one problem. I have two daughters unmarried. Can you give me some simcha too? Within two months, as both his daughters were married. We were engaged. So somebody told him, this is the Pesach over here, that Nomi says, And the next Pesach, she says, Right? So the schar for taking care of the mesim is that you'll find your... your to Friedenkeit, Isha, Beis Isha. So that was the source. I'll call upon him. So moving right along, you get to the third parak of Megillus Rus. So Nomi says to, to Rus at this point, she says to her, um, I want to find for you a marriage that's good for you. A place you can settle down I want so the Atta Haloi Boyas Moidatonu Asher Yisus Naroisa Vina Husayrus Goyness or Malayla. Boyas, our acquaintance, our relative, that you are with the girls in his field, tonight is the night he winnows his, his barley. Verochatz Vosach Vosamson Vosayach. So first I want you to bathe, put some uh, perfume on, put on your clothing, the Shabbosticker clothing state, and go down to the Goyd Altivodil Ishat Kaloisil Lechel Vilishtois. No one should know you're there <coughs> till he finishes eating. So in a deeper and deeper legend, she's saying, you go to the mikveh, you'll be metayr yourself from Abay Dezorah, v'sach, you'll be mekabal mitzvahs. The sam sim you put on your Shabbos to get clothing. So there was a maisa that uh, happened in Bells. In Russia, when the, the, every once in a while, the army would come to draft soldiers. And when they heard that the army was coming, every guy would run for his life and hide where, who knows where. And so um, they come to the house. This is a, the Belzer Rebbe's son was one of the people who could have been drafted. It's not the Rebbe, this is the Yingle Bells. And so anyway, so he's, uh, so he's, um, he's one of the people that's supposed to be drafted. So he, he puts on his Shabbosdika clothing, puts on his Shabbosdika Bekesha, puts on his, his strimal or whatever, and he sits by the table. And the, the, the soldiers come in, and nobody sees him. 
And afterwards, I said, what were you doing? You risked your life. They could have seen you. He says, a shteik megillus rus. You put on your clothing for Shabbos, Samson, Lusayich, al-tivodi leish. No one will know that you're there. At kaloysel adabis. So that was the eighth. I'll call upon him. And then he says, so he says, he will lie down. You'll take note of the place. You'll come to him and you'll uncover him and you'll lie down next to him. So you got to understand, what kind of shidduch is this? I mean, uh, Nomi is going to a girl. She just converted to Yiddish guy. She doesn't know from everything yet. And she said, I want to find you a shidduch. So you know what we're going to do? You're going to lie down next to Boyas, and you know, then he'll tell you what to do. And, you know, nowadays, you read a shidduch. I have a shidduch for you. He's a top guy in Lakewood. He's under a stellar. You know, he's got Midos Tovos and this and that. And, you know, he's a long-time learner, a part-time learner, whatever it is. And... Uh, the girl is Azoi. Nomi doesn't mess around, right? She says, you just go there, lie down next to him, and that's it. That's the way we do things around here. And so what's the pshat? Well, what's she trying to do? And she's trying to convince Boyas to marry this girl, so she just... So the Alashech is Masber, that Nomi knew. Boyas did not need to get married. Boyas was an 80-year-old man. And uh, some say he was a lot older than 80. And so 300, 400, whatever. He, he was a really old person. And Rus was a young girl, a beautiful, beautiful girl. She could have married anybody. And so now she wants to set up the Shidduch. So how is she going to convince Boyas to get married to this girl? Like, what for? But what she knew was that a secret. They knew that there wasn't a Shoma that came from, it's going to come from Moyev, that's going to merge with the family of, family in Yehuda to bring the Malchus of Yehuda. That was the idea that they had. And so, Nomi knew that Rus carried the Neshama of Lloyd's daughter. And Rus was the Gilgul of Lloyd's daughter. Wrote that in the Sefer Hadoyres that Boyas was a Gilgal of Light. What? So the Teret says that Light's daughter did what she did, L'shem Shemayim. It was in her mind, she did an Avla, but at the same time, her Cheshman was there's nobody left in the world. The world was destroyed. The, the only way we can perpetuate mankind is by sleep with my father. So she said to her daughter, So she did this with the right kavana. It may have been not the right thing to do, but her kavana was pure. Rus, now, how do you prove to Boyas that this is that neshama? The only person who would have the azistic kedusha to do something like this, to go to the Gadol Hador, lie down next to him and say, I am Yerusha Mosecha, please spread your cloak over me and... Only someone who carries that tire in the Shoma would be able to have the same answers to Kedusha. So she's saying to Boyas, this is who it is. You've got to do this. This is going to bring the Geula. <coughs> and so, that's what they did. And so you see from, he says to her, I mean, it, it might not look like it's appropriate. But, but this is, cold. right, right. And this is what he says to her. He says, Mi'at, and she says, Masecha. So listen to what he says. Blessed be you to Hashem, my daughter. 
So the Mal Sheikh explains this chesed that you're doing is greater than the first chesed. I mean, the first chesed you did when we were in the, ca- in the cave by Avram, you wanted to save mankind. But this chesed is levilti Here, this, you can marry anyone you want. There are young boys who would love to marry you. And you're marrying me, an old geezer. Right? Why are you doing that? That's a chesed that's lamala. More than what you did before. And that's why he says, it could be he just said this as an old man saying it to a little girl, but I'll call upon him. This is the way the Alchich is masbrit. But he says, there's a right way and a wrong way. Now, he was, the, the Poshit Pshad is that Boyaz was a relative, he was a Goyal. And those days they understood that to do the mitzvah of Yibum, you don't have to be a brother. You can even be a close relative to have the ability to accomplish what Yibum needs to accomplish. What does Yibum accomplish? You bring back the neshama of the deceased person. So Rus was going to Boyas and saying, I have an achrayas to bring back the neshama of Machloin. Right? I'm asking you, because you're a goyel, to do it. So Boyas says... But there's a closer goyel, and I can't do it till we offer it to him. So he has to go now to Ploini Almoini and offer it to him. And so he goes to Ploini Almoini and he says to Ploini Almoini, no, why don't, maybe you should do it. And he says, no, Pen Ashkes is Nachlosi. There's a famous word from the Briska Rob over here that what's he so worried about as Nachlosi, my, my descendants? What about you yourself? If you hold that you can't marry her because she's from Moyov, so. So the Briskorov says, he wasn't afraid of himself, because Boyas was the God of Lador, he just announced that the din is Amoini v'loy Amoinis, Moyavi v'loy Moyavia. But he's saying, Boyas, today you're the God of Lador, but in the future door, there'll be greater Botei din that will override your psak. I can't take my chances on my, 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 my grandchildren. So therefore, I don't want to do it. Okay. So, um, this is the, so he goes and he, he buys from him the right to marry Rus, and he marries Rus. So at the end, it says in the Pasuk that um, he comes on to her, So here you have an interesting expression. Where does it say Hashem gave Heiroyoin? In, in Sefer Beresh, when you talk about anyone becoming pregnant, it's about Tahar Vateled. never says Hashem Nosan Lo Heiroyoin. So the Aruch Lener says of Vort, you take the gematria of Hei Royoin, it's 271. Okay? So 9 times 30 is 270. So a normal pregnancy is 9 months, right? And then you should give birth on the 271st day, right? You don't expect a bar like this in the Aruch Lener. Oh, that's what I heard from. So, so he says like this, nobody else, can. we can never know when the the woman conceived. So you can guess, you know, the date the due date is just guesswork, right? Here the secret is that everyone knew exactly how long she was pregnant because Boyas died that night. And so everyone knew it was Mamish two hundred and seventy days and she gave birth on the two hundred and seventy first day. Now this precipitated the Shikala problem because Yishai who was the grandson of, of, of Rus and Boyaz, was one of the tzaddikim who never did a chait. He's one of the four tzaddikim that died because of the chait of the nofesh. So one day he, he hops, he says, wait a second. 
the Zayda boy has died that night, maybe it's because he was over the Isser of marrying a girl from Moyev. So the Russian punished him and he died. And therefore, I'm also Mother Bukal, the Chabdishkin Kinder, that Akashal of Bukal. So he goes to his Shifcha and he says, Herzog, I got a problem. I don't know if I have any kosher children. I want to have a child that's kosher love of So this is what I'm going to do. I'm separating from my wife, and I'm going to live with you. However, if I'm a kosher yid, I'm not allowed to live with you. So I'm going to give you a shtar shikha, and you'll be a kosher Israelis. On the other hand, if I'm a kosher, if, if I'm not a kosher yid, then you don't need a shtar shikha. I can live with you. So I'm giving you a shtar shikha on a tonight. If I'm posel love of you remain a shikha. We have a baby. Baby's an Evid. I free the Evid and I have a kosher child. If I'm mutal over the coal, right? So then you're a, you're a, you're a Basi's role and I can live with you. So this is what he did. The Shivcha wanted nothing to do with this. She doesn't want to get in the way of Yishai's real wife. So unbeknownst to Yishai, he's sleeping with his wife, thinking he's sleeping with the Shivcha. And his wife becomes pregnant. And so he thinks that his wife just uh, was over on Zidus and the kids are moms. So what do they do with this kid? They send him out to the fields to be a shepherd. And, you know, maybe he'll get killed by the lions or whatever. But, you know, send him away, right? So Roshim comes to Shmuel Anovi and he says, I'm upset with Shoal. I want you to go to Yishai Beis Halachmi and anoint the new king. So Shoal goes to, Shmuel goes to... And, and he says to Yishai, I need to see your sons. Hashem sent me to appoint the king. The first son comes and Shemuel says, Oh, this is the Melech. Tall, beautiful. Right? And the Roshim says, Shemuel, you're looking at the facade. I look deeper. Right? Okay, bring the second son, the third son. After seven sons, he says, Yishai, you have any more kids? He says, no. He says, Yishai, this is ridiculous. What do you mean you have no more kids? The Roshim sent me here. He says, well, actually, uh, you know, we've got a floor model here, you know. <laughs> says, okay, get the kid. Get the... And so David walks in. And David was not this tall, dark, handsome. He was a redhead. He had a ruddy complexion. And Shmuel is sitting there. The Shechina says to him, what are you sitting with the Sheikh Hashem walks in? And the Shem and the Mishra starts bubbling over. And so um, this was, this is, but this was all because there was a big tumult that maybe she was also lover because that was the big tumult in the time of David Amelech till it was finally the Paskin, it was Sinai, and that was it. So, okay, so what happens is that, um, so first of all, now you can understand Elimelech's cheshben. Elimelech felt on one level, he says, Herzog. It says, Hashem, but sight for Mashiach, there's going to be a rov. So it is a rov now. And he says, I know that the, 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 the zera for Mashiach is going to be from Steymoyev. He knew that also. And he says, my name is Eli Melech. What does Eli Melech mean? Eli Melech. To me, is going to come Malchus. So Eli Melech, on one hand, felt, I'm going to Steymoyev at this time, L'shem Shemayim. I'm bringing Mashiach. The Bereshim says, you know, people operate on two levels all the time, right? On one level, I'm doing this with all my Meshem uh, Shemayim Dikamotives. But if you look a little bit deeper, you know, it's not so rash, it's not so Meshem Shemayim. So you have ulterior motives. This is Elimelech, let's be realistic. The Chalamaisis, what's pushing you? You want to get away from the Aniyim. But if you have a nice Dikal to justify it, it's not going to work. 
Right? So he was punished. But the Mai said that's what he was thinking, that's why he rationalized and justified what he did. I'll call upon him. So finally, so, so now Rus gives birth. And what happens? The child is a meshed nefesh. This is your son, Machlon, came back to life. Right? This is your son. So, Nomi takes the yellow, and she takes the yellow to her breast, and she was the nursemaid. So, at the time where Rus had the fulfillment of anything she could have wanted, she finally is accepted into Kalali so she's a Giyoyris, she marries Boya, she has a baby, and ultimately she gives the baby to Nomi. Right? But the neighbors gave a name saying, Lema, you will have been with Nomi, Nomi had a son. It's like Nomi's son, it's not Babe Ruth anymore. What's going on over here? <laughs> Whose son is it? Right? But So they called the baby um Oyved, who's the father of Yishai, the father of David. So, some say that Rus understood this is the best thing for the child to be raised by Nomi instead of me. Andra says she had Rachmanus on her. She was a Tzibroch and a woman. She gave her the baby. Could be that she took care of the baby, but at the same time, Nomi was like uh, the grandmother, the Bobby, whatever. I'll call upon him. You see over here the godless of Rus. Rus was able to bring out from Nomi and give Nomi all of this greatness that really should have been should have been hers. Emma says, Boisha Eisman says over that Yehuda, who is the represents the Malchus of Kalal Yisrael. So Yehuda told the brothers, After they came back, the brothers had tainus on Yehuda, but Yehuda Melech. And you couldn't look into us and see better than just what what's in what what's the money that's in it. Why, why don't you tell us that? How can you do this to your father? How can you do this to your brother? You underestimated us. You thought that you know all that talks to us is money. You didn't understand we have feelings and emotions, and we could have been convinced not to hurt our father. So the Yehud Yehuda he was demoted. The Malchus of Yehuda needs Rus. Rus had the ability to take a Naomi and take a Tzabroch and a woman and pick her up and make her now like the Bobby of Mashiach. Right? She, she was able to take her and give her the child, Kamat. She was able to see in Naomi the beauty of who Naomi was and stick with her and cling to her and uh, build her up. And so what was the product? Dobit HaMelech. David HaMelech is able to touch every single Yiddish heart. You say, to, you say to Hillem, it's talking to you. You feel like David wrote this for me. I'm reading it. It's touching my heart. Why do you didn't say Tillem? People say Tillem. Women say Tillem. Because it talks to them. They're connected to it. It connects to them. That was David HaMelech's koyach. He was able to, you know, so when when Nebuchadnezzar uh, started to say Tillem, Nebuchadnezzar Quiet, you know, patched him. The so, he would have said nice tilim of David. But the magic of David's tilim was David's echoing the heart of every yid. Right? It's not just poetry. He's, David is able to bring out the feelings of every yid. That's the malchus of David Amel. That's the malchus of Mashiach. So in that vein, I just wanted to share 
that when you come to Shavuos, it's a mod nazach. That Shavuos is the time we got the Luchas Rishonis, and the Luchas Rishonis ended up breaking. So why are we celebrating Shavuos? You should celebrate the second Luchas, which is Yom Kippur, which maybe we celebrate with Simchus Torah, but Lamaisa, why are we celebrating, you know, the Shavuos was like a marriage, right? And so for a guy gets married, he gets divorced. He marries a second wife. He wakes her up one morning and he says, you know, Gertrude, wake up. Happy anniversary. She says, anniversary? Our anniversary is in March. This is October. He says, but this is my first anniversary. She says, what is, who cares about your first anniversary? I celebrate my first anniversary. So what are we celebrating the first relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? It was broken. Right? So... Um, there's a Maiseh, there was a Hasid Shayid known as a, Dr. Bernhard, Chaim David Bernhard. Now he was, at first he was a member of the Haskola movement. He was a Friar Yid. A Yid came to him once, was very sick. He, got, he had gone to all the doctors. Bernhard was the top specialist. He comes into Bernhard and Bernhard says to him, after a thorough examination, you have two weeks left to live. So the guy leaves his office and he's standing outside the office crying. Another year drives by with his wagon. He sees the year crying. He says, what's the matter? And he says, what's the matter? I just found out I have two weeks left to live. He says, I have a better doctor. Come with me. He says, what do you mean Bernhard is the top doctor? You don't have a better doctor. He says, you have two weeks left to live. You want to take, you want to take a chance? Come with me. So he goes with him, takes him, wait on line. He says, this is a doctor? Yeah. And he says, only for Frum Yidden? He says, yeah, he's got Frum Yidden. This is patience. Okay, they get to the door, the guy slips away, he goes into the door, and he's standing in front of the Lelov Rebbe, Rabdovid from Lelov. The Lelov Rebbe says, uh, the guy says, excuse me, I think I'm in the wrong place. He says, no, you came to the right place, what's the problem? Tell me your problem. He says, the doctor said I have two weeks left to live. The Lelov Rebbe pours him some water, shakes it around, he says, make a shahakal the you're going to be fine. Okay, the guy drinks the water, he leaves, two weeks go by, a month goes by, two months go by, three months go by, you know, says, the symptoms are gone. I'm good. He goes back to Dr. Bernhard. Dr. Bernhard falls off his chair and says, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be dead. He says, I found a better doctor. He says, there is no better doctor than me. You could not have found a better doctor. He says, I can take you to him if you want. He says, yeah, I'm coming. Anyway, he takes him to the level of a Rebbe. He goes into the level of a Rebbe. He's there with the Rebbe for two hours. He comes out of Balchuva. He became... In Hasidish writings, he was known as the Admor Haroife. He was the Rebbe who was a doctor, right? And he's known as as Mamish Tzadik So one day, the Shloime from Radoms, the Teferi Shloime, was driving and he said to his uh, Hasidim, Let's go to this town. That's where Dr. Bernhard was. I want to. They come to his house. It was the day he was Nifter. The house is packed. The Hebra is there. People are. He goes into the room and he sees that Bernhard is crying. So he says to him, you're crying because of your Averus that you did before you became a Balchuva? He said, my Averus? I wouldn't sell you my Averus for all the money in the world because now my Averus became Zuchuyos. I'm not selling it for nothing. And so, and why is he crying? Okay, because I'm leaving a world where I could do mitzvahs, you know. So, but he, he, what do you see? His Averus now became a chaluk of his road to godless. It says, the same Yisoy Shavuos, we have the broken Luchas, we're together in the Kodesh HaKadoshim with the Luchas Shleimus. What's HaKadosh Baruch want to show us? 
I don't look at just the downfalls. I look at the journey. It's a journey. You accepted it. You made a mistake. You did tshuva. You got new luchais. Don't look at yourself just for your fallings. Right? Look at the whole picture. Where do you want to be headed? That's all that matters. The Yisoyed Varim is that we're in this world, not just for one moment. We have a life to live. We have our ups, we have our downs. Shavuos is a yontif to tell us, yes, there were shivrei luchais, but you can repair them. You can take them with you. You can put them in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. We take the luchais that were broken into the battlefield to say, Rabbi Nishalelem, you love us even though we broke the luchais. We're fighting a battle. We sometimes win, sometimes lose, but you have to help us. That's the aside of Shavuos. Shavuos is a yontif that tells us, no matter what, you're still my children. We got married, so to say, and we're in this forever. And all I want you to do is do your best and overcome the challenges. And as I either, so Shavuos is his man to understand. We have so you have to chop and write. Shavuos is his man. Whether you want to make a kabbalah, it's a man of inspiration, whatever it is. But the smallest tishtadlis, whatever you can accomplish. I saw Misa that there was a family that the husband was a, a pilot in the Israeli Air Force, and the wife was, I think, a doctor someplace. The husband went to some Arachim seminar he wanted to become a Balchim. The wife was not so uh, nisragish from it. So she did not want to become a Balchim. So as time went on, he became from, and she stagnated. And so at some point he said to her, listen, I, you know, I don't want to break up the family, but at the same time I can't go on living like this. So, she, so he said, let's try one more time. Let's go to another seminar and see what happens. So they're going to the seminar. It was a, a lecture one night from Arachim. And so the lady, who also doesn't want to break the family, before she goes, she says it's Phil. She says, Hashem, help me open my heart. Uh, nothing moved me till now. At least let me be touched. She goes, and there was a Yid, Rabbi Yosef, he gave a lecture, or whatever, gave, an, gave, gave a, a seminar, and she was totally blown away. And she goes up to him afterwards, she says, I decided I'm going to become through. And she tells him, you should know that before I went to the seminar, I dove into Hashem, a short filler, that Hashem opened my heart. That's it. She so got all excited. He said, what time was this? She tells him, well, less what time? He says, I want you to know something. I got up this morning, I had 104 fever. I was going to call Arachim and say to cancel the seminar, I'm too sick to come. And a voice said to me, you can't cancel, you can't cancel. I don't know why and where it came from, but it was a voice in me telling me, you can't cancel. I dragged myself out of bed, I washed my face with cold water, and I felt a little bit better, and I came to the seminar. When did I hear this voice telling me you can't cancel? When you were saying you're tefillah. The smallest... Feeling the smallest attempt to bring yourself close to Hashem has monumental effects. A person can never underestimate the smallest feeling that you can have. So this is the uh, that we should never feel that because we had a failure, life has come to an end. Right? You find Orpa left uh, Nomi when she told her to go back. Right? Now, and up until this point, Orpa and Rus were going together. Suddenly, Nomi says, you know, give it up. So she leaves. They say that night she was Mazana with 40 men. So what happened? Sir Chaish Malevich says that Orpah looked at herself. She said, 
you failed. You wanted to become a Jewish girl and you gave it up. You failed. You couldn't do it. So she said, so what the heck? I'm a loser. He says, that's the worst thing you can do. People have downfalls. People have moments of tzibroch and kite. People have their broken luchas. But if you go on and you say, okay, so the luchas broke, it's all over, then it's taka all over. Then what, the result of what you did wrong becomes worse than what you did wrong. You have to realize, never do that. You can pick yourself up and go weiter, right? The the if you take the word ra backwards, it's air, to waken up, to wake up, to be awakened. Sometimes falling can be an awakening. I can turn myself around. So this is the aside of Vorim. So Rus saw in Nomi a Shevraluchai. She was a Tzbroch in a woman who left Eretz Yisrael with her family. She was a, a, a tr- she was rich, she was beautiful, she was noble. She lost everything, her money, her her. Everything is gone. She's a tzabroch in a froy. And Rus saw in her the shevraluchas that can be turned into something special. And she clung to her. She didn't give it up. And she took her all the way till becoming Mamash, the, the, the Bobby of Mashiach. And, and Rus became the Imashal Malchus. So this is the Asoy that we, uh, we never should feel that we can't be Matzliach. Whatever it is, the lesson of, of, of Shavuos gives us that opportunity that even in the worst of Matzot, Hashem is just waiting for us uh, to, to do tshuva, to come back. And yet, Hashem, the overall journey will be Matzliach.